0: Chapter 15, I Had a Dream. Charlie listened to Carol's voicemail in his car, closed his eyes, and leaned back into the seat as the rain poured outside. The bad weather seemed like a cliche, but he stared at it in silence nonetheless. He had turned his phone off during his doctor's appointment, and now he wondered how long he'd be able to travel, to throw a football around, to make love, After more than five years, he'd really been looking forward to that again in particular, he thought, trying to make himself laugh. Now, he had some thinking to do, and apparently a call to return from Doug Allen, who'd also left a voicemail. He drove home, sat on the couch, and picked up his phone. His jaw clenched. Yellow, a man with a thick southern accent answered. I can't stand this guy already, Charlie thought. Doug, this is Charlie North returning your call. Oh, Charlie, thanks for getting back with me so quickly. I'm Carol's father-in-law, Cal's grandfather. They were here this morning, and it sounded like things might be getting serious between the two of you. Now, Jean, that's my wife, she and I are concerned for Cal's future. We really believe the best thing for Carol and Cal is to be here with us, with their family. Charlie took a deep breath. Oh, I'm sure you do. Doug interrupted don't know how well you really know her, but Carol can be pretty stubborn. I've tried to get her to move in with us several times for her own good, you know, but she's always resisted. Charlie squeezed the phone harder as his face flushed. We don't want it to come to this, but we can build certain conditions into Cal's trust fund, and one of those conditions could be returning to Alabama. You could help us out with that by, well, by ending things with Carol. Don't give her a reason to stay out there. Look, Doug, this isn't really a good time for me to discuss this, he said, rubbing the back of his neck. Well, think about it, Doug said. I can assure you it's what's best for Cal, and I'll make sure to take care of Carol, too. Bye, Charlie. Charlie glanced down at the phone. Apparently, the conversation was over. He went out to the back patio and stared at the pond. This is where she hears you most clearly, huh, God? He prayed. I'd asked you to make it clear to me, and now it sounds like you're leading me away from her. But why did you let me find her, fall in love with her, go this far only to take it away? It doesn't feel fair, but life's not fair, is it? What's best for her? Show me how to be strong for her. The next morning, he met Ford for breakfast. Morning, Charlie, Marge called from behind the counter. Usual? Um. No, he replied, shaking the rain off his umbrella. Just a biscuit, red-eye gravy, and coffee. Thanks, Marge. Ford put down his paper and studied his friend as Charlie sat across from him. That's different, everything all right? Charlie shook his head. No. They sat in silence as Marge brought Charlie a steaming cup of coffee and his biscuit and gravy. Charlie had always appreciated Ford's patience It had carried him through a career of researching obscure evidence for trials, not to mention 30 years with Amy. He took a deep breath and sighed. Had a checkup a couple of weeks ago, just the yearly routine. Charlie paused. Had a couple of weird things lately. Some trembling, stiffness in my hands, a few dizzy spells, trouble sleeping. I thought it might be restless leg or something. He took another sip of coffee. But I went back to the doctor yesterday. He's pretty sure it's Parkinson's doing some blood work, sending me to a specialist, the whole routine. He laughed bitterly. The whole routine. Even though it's different than cancer, it all feels like deja vu, you know? Ford shook his head. I'm so sorry. But there's a chance it could be something else? Yeah, I guess. The neurologist was able to get me in tomorrow, but I don't have a good feeling about it. And truthfully, the whole thing has just gotten me thinking. Even if it's not this, it's going to be something. I'm not getting any younger health issues like these, they'll come up more and more. It's going to be hard enough to deal with on my own and with the girls. He cringed at the thought of all they'd been through in their young lives. He also hadn't stopped thinking about what Carol had already been through. His voice dropped. I can't put this kind of thing on Carol. She deserves better. Charlie, she loves you, Ford countered. Whatever it is, she'll walk through this with you, and you'd be lucky to have her by your side. That kind of support makes a huge difference. Think about how you were there for Honey. That's exactly what I'm thinking about. Charlie slammed his fist on the table. That was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life. But I signed up for Honey, for better or worse, in sickness and in health. She would have done the same thing for me because we expected to grow old together. We expected to have good and bad. This is different. Carol would be signing up just for sickness, just for the bad, right from the start, and I can't ask her to do that. Things have been hard for her, in life, I mean. She's had a tough time, and she deserves a chance at something better. Someone who's strong and whole and can give her everything. He took a sip of coffee. It's not just that, though, he said. I also got a call from Doug Allen yesterday. Ford raised his eyebrows. Cal's grandfather. Ah, her in-laws were none too happy to hear about us. Apparently Cal has some kind of trust fund from his dad, and he said it could be in jeopardy if I don't break things off. Normally, I'd have laughed in his face, but with everything else, it just seems like maybe this is God pointing me away from her, from both of them. I really think it might be best for Carol and Cal if I'm not in the picture. I mean, what if he falls out of the tree again? What if I'm not able to pick him up next time? They stared at each other, Ford's disagreement evident. Look, Charlie continued, since this whole thing started with her, I've been praying that God would show me if it's not right. I was convinced it was right, that we were meant to be together, but now these two things have come up. Don't confuse opposition with a closed door, Ford said. Just because it's going to be hard doesn't mean it's not right. Normally I'd agree with you, Charlie replied, but this isn't about it being easier on me. It's what would be best for her. And I'm starting to think that being with me, he swallowed hard and continued. I don't think being with me is going to be best for her. I love her too much to put her through this. I don't agree with you, but it sounds like you've made up your mind, Ford said, shaking his head. What are you going to do then? Let's go on the clock, Charlie said, his voice breaking. It was their longtime code, a way to abide by the letter of the law when Charlie truly needed Ford to keep something from Amy. They had only used it a handful of times over the last thirty years the most recent being when Sam was going to propose to Emily. Ford shook his head again, sighed, then put his coffee cup down and nodded reluctantly. Remember when Dad used to let us camp out in the living room? Carol asked, handing Melody a cup of hot tea as she sat beside her on the couch listening to the rain coming down in sheets and the thunder rolling outside. Yeah, Melody laughed, and you insisted that I camp out with you every time I was home from school for the weekend. I don't think I slept in my own bed for four years, and you always wanted me to tell you a story. Carol grinned. Oh, the stories. The one about the neighbors. How they all got into a big boat pile up and dad had to come out and rescue them. I'd forgotten about that one. She turned her head to the side and looked at her sister fondly. How'd I get so lucky, Mel? You were just the best big sister I could have ever asked for. Oh, sweet girl, I'm the lucky one, Melody said. We were all so glad when you got here. Dad and I really thought God gave us you to help us deal with losing Mom. I still think that. Carol nodded and sighed. I would never have made it through everything with Ryan without you. God gave us each other. You know, I have to say I've always felt bad about your college experience, Melody sighed. Mine was so good, so idyllic, I guess. The way you always think college is supposed to be. And yours was turned upside down. First by Ryan, then everything with dad, then everything with Ryan again, I guess. Melody glanced at her sister. Carol knew she was watching to see if the old guard would still come up. Ryan had been a sensitive subject from the beginning. Carol stared at the fire thinking back over the last 10 years. You know, Carol said, I've always felt bad about that part, how he managed to drive a wedge between us. It's not like we stopped speaking or anything, but I know it was different between us when I started dating him. I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for so many things about him. Oh, baby, her sister said, you don't have anything to be sorry for. It was him. It was all him. No, that's not fair. Carol replied, I allowed it to happen. I allowed him to treat me that way. I wasn't strong enough. That's just not true, Melody said. It's not about being strong. It's not your responsibility to be strong enough to force somebody else to act right. You were doing what you knew to do at the time, especially for those last couple of years. I guess you're right, Carol continued, but I still wish I would have told you everything as it was happening. At that point, I felt like I'd behaved so badly that I didn't deserve to talk to you about it, and I knew you already hated him. I was afraid it would just make it worse. Well, I wish I could have been there for you in the middle of everything, though if we'd known then what was happening, Dale Brock and I would probably have killed him, Melody said quietly, only half joking. Carol followed her gaze down the hall where Melody's husband and boys were sleeping. I know no one is beyond God's help. Truly I do, Carol said. I wish Ryan had turned his life around. From what Jean said today, he might've been on the road to doing that. I hope so. But to have that load lifted, that instant peace when he was gone? She shook her head. Mel, I've never been so grateful in my life, she whispered. Melody squeezed her hand. I'm just grateful that you and Cal are safe and I hope you know how very, very loved you are. Carol smiled back at her. I do know that, she said. Hey, do you think Doug and Jean will ever turn things around, or do you think they'll always be the way they are? I don't know, baby girl. Libby's known her a long time, and she says Jean was born in lemon juice and baptized in vinegar, so don't get your hopes up, okay? I don't ever want to see you get hurt again. Well, goodness, I don't want to be hurt either, but think about how many of our hurts were out of our control. Mom's death, dad's heart attack, even Charlie losing his wife. Anytime you love somebody, you have the potential to be hurt. Melody raised her eyebrows. Huh, I guess that's true. Hey, how'd you get so smart? She asked, tugging lightly on one of her sister's curls. Carol leaned into Melody's shoulder. I'm getting older and wiser, just like my big sister, she laughed. Melody gave her a hug, then walked to the bookshelf, picked up a manila folder of papers and brought it back to the couch. Hey, I found something for you, she said. What is it? Carol asked. Letters from mom and dad from when they were dating, mom's birth certificate, a few other papers, and a picture of mom when she was little. What? Melody, oh my goodness, I can't believe I've never seen these. She pulled out a picture of her mother at what looked to be about Cal's age. She was with Carol's grandmother on a large porch and a white man stood in the shadow of the door. Is that our grandfather? She asked. I think so. Melody replied, you know, there's a story there. Just look at mom. Her curls are tighter and she looks like she has more freckles than Cal. Her skin's a little darker maybe, but wow, look how much he looks like her. Uncle Willie was right. I can't wait to show these to him. Tears filled her eyes and she brushed them away. Don't cry, baby, Melody laughed, or I'll start, too. Oh, like I tell Cal, they're happy tears, Carol said. Thank you so much. Carol hugged her sister again. This is the best present I've ever gotten, she said. Well, it sounds like you might have another one waiting for you in Texas. Melody raised her eyebrows, and Carol laughed again. Good night, big sister, she said, hugging her and heading to bed. The next morning... Carol put her things in the rental car and bent down to hug Cal. "'You're sure you're okay to stay here a couple of extra days without your old mom?' she asked. "'Sure,' he said. "'Uncle Dale's going to show me where they wait for deer.' "'As long as you don't shoot one with your bow and arrow, promise?' she asked, hugging him more tightly. "'I promise, too. We'll take the day off from hunting and just deer watch,' Dale replied. "'He'll be fine here with us, and he'll love flying back on the plane with Melody. Don't worry.' Thanks, Carol replied, giving her brother-in-law a hug. Apologize to Libby for me, too. I'm sorry to miss seeing her this trip, but Cal can be my stand-in at lunch today. Hey, where's Mel? I'm here, I'm here, her sister called, coming out of the house with a cup of coffee that she handed to Carol. They hugged tightly, and tears welled up in Carol's eyes. Thanks again for everything, she said. Of course, baby. Hey, tell our uncle I'm excited to meet him, too, Melody said. Maybe we can all go when I bring Cal back next week, or when I come out for the wedding. What wedding? Yours, Melody whispered. Carol laughed. You really think so? I really think so. But you tell him that he'd better take care of you, and, oh, never mind, I'll tell him myself when I get out there. Charlie and I will have ourselves a talk. After hugs all around, and one more promise from Cal to not target any deer, she pulled out of the driveway. After an hour on the highway, she stopped for gas and pulled out her phone to call Charlie. The call went to voicemail. Again? She thought. Hi, sweetheart, she said. I can't believe I missed you again. Listen, I'm heading to the airport. There's a lot from this trip to fill you in on. I just wanted to talk. Give me a call when you can, okay? I miss you so much, but I'll be home tonight, before New Year's Eve, so I'm even ahead of schedule for once. She drove the last hour of the trip, lost in her thoughts. She dropped off the rental car at the airport and checked her phone for the thousandth time. Still nothing from Charlie. She texted him as she walked to the terminal, shivering in the cold. At the airport now, just checking in to see if you got my voicemails. You doing okay? She waited a couple of minutes, but no response came. Sighing, she called Amy. Hey friend, Amy answered, how's Alabama? Oh, it was quite a visit, Carol said. We're going to need to catch up over coffee when I get back. When are you coming back? Amy asked. Now, actually, I'm in a very long security line. I decided to fly back early and give Cal a couple of extra days in the woods, she laughed. And give Charlie the chance to ask me the question I haven't stopped thinking about since Christmas Eve, she thought. I called, though, to see if you've talked with Charlie, Carol continued. I haven't been able to get in touch with him since Christmas. I don't want to be paranoid, but it's not like him not to respond to texts or anything. Huh, he and Ford had breakfast yesterday, so I know he's around. Maybe he's having a problem with his phone. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, Carol said. Well, I'm sure I'll see him tonight or tomorrow. Can I ask one more favor, though? Sure, Amy replied. Will you run by my house? Dale's brother sent us a turkey, and it arrived yesterday. It should probably go in the fridge before I get home. She lowered her voice and whispered dramatically, the hide keys in the azaleas. Amy laughed. Your secret's safe with me. Hey, how about I pick you up at the airport? Give us a chance to catch up. Oh, that sounds great, Carol said. My flight gets in at three. Thank you, Amy. No problem. I've just got to run by church first, and I'll see if I can track down Mr. North for you. Thank you for that, too. I'll see you soon. Carol hung up. Of course she thought as the line inched forward. It's probably just a problem with his phone. She shivered again, even though the heat was on in the airport.